Good evening and welcome to The Obelisk. Tonight's guest is Thomas Sheridan. Thomas is an author, artist, and filmmaker from Dublin, Ireland. He came to international recognition in 2011 with his book, Puzzling People, The Labyrinth of the Psychopath. A former rock musician, corporate communication consultant, and stand-up comic, Thomas has used his arsenal of past experiences to help both himself and others to navigate the often surreal pathological landscape of mayhem and mysteries. From history to advertising dogma to deceptions that we as a human species often find ourselves caught within. Thomas, welcome to the show. It's a great pleasure to have you. Oh, I'm glad to be back, guys. Thank you for having me. We love you, Thomas. And that's not love bombing. That's just being truthful. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. I was looking at the, my last interview I did with you, and not to blow my own whistle, but I know it's the most popular one on there. It is, absolutely. So, <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't take credit for me. I'll take credit for us. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. for us. That's very modern of you. I love and it. That's yes. very, very true. It was our most popular video ever. And, You're, yeah. And download. Yeah. Well, of course, you're Thomas Sheridan, and you cut it like it is, baby. You shit, cut man. it like it is, yeah. I love some of uh, our mutual friends that have had you on are always, you know, you're controversial, the controversy, and some of them have had worries, like, with their audience. I'm like, are you kidding? He's the best mm -hmm. thing ever. What you, why are you even worried about other people, first yeah. of all? I even wish I lived in Sligo. Yeah. Well, what controversies? Truth. Deal with it. Right, right, right. Deal with it. Deal with it. You know, uh, I don't, it's the easiest world, thing in the world to lie to people. I don't lie to people. What I do tell them is the truth. I, this is why I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, did you have to get up for this? No, no, no. I've, I've been staying up. I've stayed up. And I, you know, I'm not because of the stupid lockdown that my regular day <laughs> job is gone so i'm kind of like uh, it's like being it's just weird it's just like I don't, you know what day of the week is it you know <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> where are we <laughs> yeah. yes so it, well actually, so that oh, is thomas so i've been of course i follow you it sounds like ireland's getting crazy yeah, it, well, it's all of Europe, really, but it's like li like living in a police state. It's bordering on that at times, and uh, it's just nuts. It's just it's it's it's. I'm waiting for them to say the next thing you have to do is stand on one leg at three p.m. in the afternoon, and you know, <laughs> sing sing a song by the Cure backwards. <laughs> it's like it's like, and they, they, they and, and the gaslighting is astounding. You know, COVID zero cocooning oh, all these terms it was there's all new uh, what's the next one the new one they came up with uh oh dear uh circuit breaker approach <laughs> it's just civil servants <laughs> and bureaucrats sitting around with spin doctors looking for new ways to say bullshit that's all it is <laughs> yeah. they're gonna they're start like in australia they're telling people what to do inside their houses now so it's yeah. gonna be like Oh, yeah. Install the cameras, actually just say yes to them because they're already there in the light bulbs and everything. And then monitor. You can't masturbate anymore <laughs> without a mask, right? without a mask. You're going right? to have to get permission to pinch one off in the toilet <laughs> and then you're going to have to let it's not if it's yellow, let it mellow anymore. It's if it's brown, let it mellow. <laughs> 
as well. Uh, hold on a second. What was that expression? Pinch one off. That's a new one for me. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, Sheridan. I get them. I have notoriously gotten it. Rub one out and pinch one off. And I have been that girl that has said, did, meaning the masturbating one said, pinch it off one too many time to, times to guys when I did not realize that one was, uh, you know, taking a poo and one was rubbing one out, you know, masturbating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I so the, pinch, the, pinch, pinch one out is 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 a, a female self abuse kind of thing. <laughs> no, no, pinch one out. Yeah, pinch one off is definitely taking a poo at your arse. Pinch a loaf, I think, is the colloquial term. It's interesting. Pinch is an interesting term. The pinch. Well, that's what your pinch. asshole does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the show's already. Don't fantastic. you know, Thomas? Why turds are tapered at the end? Oh, that's my joke. That's an old, that's an old one. <laughs> that, you definitely got that off me. No, I've known it since I was a <laughs> you kid. Got that. I, was thrown, I was thrown out of a club once for saying that. It's because your arse cheeks don't slam shut with a bang. Right. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, yes. For Jag, masturbating while pooing, I think it's called a blumpkin. A blumpkin. <laughs> well, that, that, that's definitely with a take special, oh, special skills, that one. That's so yeah, hilarious. I think we've reached peak stupidity now that those prom people are dancing backwards. Oh mm. God, it's like it's like uh, it, I, I looked at that video and I was like, "Ah, oh, come on, this is like you're taking the piss. This is Monty Python. This is not real. This is <laughs> you're not really doing that, are you?" Well, yes, they are. Yes, they are. With I was waiting on. for Benny Hill to rise up and move through. Yeah, it is just it's. Uh, it's they're constantly testing people to see how they, much they will degrade themselves. You know, that's it's like a backward and then you know all these stupid students. Aren't we so brilliant? We had a backwards prom. No, you're idiots. And uh, it's just amazing. It's it's just it it's what you know. Like I said, whistling after in the after whistling quick cure songs backwards at three p.m. in the afternoon, standing on one leg. It's that's it's all part of discontinuous gaslighting. What next? Well, what do you think is next? What do I think is next? Well, my theory at the moment is, which could be complete bullshit, is that uh, they're going to milk this thing. I don't know about your part of the world, but in this part of the world, they're going to milk it till Christmas. And we're going to have a big schmaltzy political thing about, we, we, we will, you know, like the politicians be saying, our families will have a Christmas again and all this crap. And the TV and the media will whip all that up. And then I think it will slowly peter out after the new year, because I think there's definitely, I don't know how it is in your part of the world, but there's definitely a COVID overload here. Even people who formerly were kind of like obsessed with it are now sick about hearing it. And uh, so I think they're going to try to milk it till Christmas. So they'll, they'll play their little shenanigans and their gaslighting till Christmas. And I think after Christmas, it'll start to peter out and they'll, they'll, they'll go back to their regular, you know, bullshit globalist programming. Well, That's our my world, theory. Our world overlord, Gil Bates, or Kill Bates, yeah. uh, said there's going to be no normalcy until the end of 2021 when the second vaccine which is the one that's going to work gets distributed yeah i i, I just look at that guy and i and i i i just see him like eating babies alive you know it's like 
It's just, you know, you don't have a choice, you know, and the hands <laughs> wave. You don't have a choice, and the hands waving around, you know. He's like a Doctor Who buddy at this point, and you don't have a choice. And it's like, imagine being in a relationship where you and your wife sit down, uh, your pillow talk revolves around how many Africans you stopped from being born that day. <laughs> I mean, these, these people are these people are unbelievable. They're, they're, it's like they, they, they have no self, sense of self-reference to sit down. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, occasionally aware of my bullshit sometimes. Uh, it's, like, it's like these people don't seem to be a, a capable of any kind of self-reference at all. Like, you know, it's, a, it's just totally the, this belief that the, this altruism takes them to a level of infallibility. And uh, to the point where, yeah, I could see them like, I could see them saying, you know, yeah, we, you know, let's kill babies <laughs> for fun. You know, let, let's shoot them in the, let's shoot, you know, those kind of thing. And his arms waving, you know, you know, <laughs> it's like that. I, I made a meme tonight, you know, that thing uh, from a few good men, I think it was, Jack Nicholson goes, the truth, you can't handle the truth, you know. Immune system? You don't have an immune system. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, funny too God. that that uh... I'm not I'm not making fun of Americans with that bad accent, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> kill, what is uh what does Joseph P. Farrell call him? Uh, kill and malicious Gates. Malicious, yeah. That's being too kind on on Melinda. <laughs> the the kids all I mean I hate to say anything bad about the kids but when you see the photograph the photograph of the family it looks like you know these you know these uh, like really bad religious cults like really strange Christian cult like family photographs uh, you just know the son has grown to grow to be a school shooter or something like that the family photographs look like that they just don't look right there's something like. Uh, okay, you know, if you live next door to them, you just you'd, you'd wave to them as you went by, but you would you'd hope they wouldn't come over for tea. Right? <laughs> they are they are strange. They're yeah. very strange. The way he, the, I mean, you pointed it out in your character with Bill, the way he moves his hands. I was looking at the way his thumbs move and all this the other day. I was fascinated by his hands. Yeah, I, I think he uses all that kind of like revenge and the nerds carry on to disguise the fact that he's quite a sinister individual yes uh, you know and you know he comes from these these classic kind of like american aristocrat wasp families that like you know were involved in all kinds of nasty business back in the old days and are obsessed with eugenics and planned parent he's all he comes from that world you know and it's all you know it's darwinism kind of like turned into a religion and it, you know the because he created an office, what's wrong with him is he sees people the same way he sees his operating software as uh, has faults in it and they have to be fixed. And software gets viruses, people get viruses. You fix software, you fix people. He has a complete detachment from humanity. Yeah, but what's amazing to me is that he's got the world stage. So everyone like looks to him and is this a case of either inside club or money buys your way, whatever it is, people look to him throughout the world. He's like the king of the world and on stuff he's completely not qualified to talk about, especially medical stuff. Yeah, but they all they do that with anyone who's famous. Look at Bono, you know, he's there. You know, I read recently that the, 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 the debt of, of Ireland, Ireland's national debt 
is something like 20 times the combined debt of all of Africa put together. And yeah, here's Bono, the expert on African debt relief. Now, the thing about that is it, it, those kinds of things are intrinsically racist because he was saying things like cancel the debt, drop the debt. Remember that whole thing when Bob Geldof were trying to get the African nations to have their debts canceled? And it was only going to be the, the African nations. Meanwhile, you had countries like Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Thailand, and many other countries in Asia who are being crippled by debt repayments. And oh, they're on their own. Leave them. You know, just, just Africa, just drop the debt for them. And it's like... It, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem, you know, these people don't have, seem to have any perspective other than they're famous, they think they can do some good. I don't think in his case, Bono's case, it's, it's malicious. I generally think he thinks he's doing, a, he's doing good things for humanity, but they're, they're not, they're, they don't know nothing about nothing really, other than having their asses kicked and living in luxury. And then they become, they literally start seeing themselves as godlike beings. And that's where it, it doesn't matter. And then the people believe it too. You know, the people believe, oh, he must be a genius because he, he must be great at everything because he's famous. You know, like it's like when Greta Thunberg, when she stopped getting a tent, when the, when the COVID-19 thing first started breaking, she pretended she had it. And then she was starting to become a spoke. She decided she was going to be a spokesperson on COVID-19 because no one gave a shit about climate change anymore. And so many idiots went, oh, what's Greta going to say about COVID? She wasn't even qualified to, you know, tie her own shoelaces, let alone talk about climate change. And it's just because she's famous, she's automatically an expert. And that's how the, that's how the, that's how the, the masses think. It's the uh, <clears throat> rancid cheese brains, as you said. Rancid cheese brains, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. I really uh, thought you're in, your, in your last epic voyage, which is a great series, by the way. Everyone should check that out Thank on, you. on Thomas's channel. Um, about how they're impulse driven by media. And that's oh, yeah. a really great way to describe it. I've been trying to find a good way to put it to people, and but that's just a perfect way. And, and they I'm, don't remember, like here we are now, American cities were in flames not too long ago. Still Statues are. were being, well, but they were like, it was on the news constantly. Mm -hmm. Statues were being pulled down. Uh, everyone was taking the knee. And right now at this moment, people have forgotten that who, who, Mr. Floyd, who he even was, what was about and why statues are problematic. They've moved on to the next thing. They literally cannot maintain focus uh, over a long period of time. They're literally just, the media says, this is what you believe this week. And they switch literally like a switch being switched on and off. A very infantile, a very infantile cognition, like a child, you know, you, you hand a little kid a football and he, and he or she goes, oh, great, 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 a football. And then you say, look, here's a toy train over here. Oh, let's go play the train. And that's exactly what adults are like these days with news and, and information. Absolutely. And in a way, that process of, how can I put this, not being as prominent on the top of the news anymore, not that it ever really was, is uh, a sign that it's getting normalized, yeah. which is, I think, worse. And again, like you're talking about self-reference again, they don't, they can't self-reference of themselves in terms of why do I believe this? What is the verification of this beyond the mainstream and the BBC and CNN and all the other big outlets? What is the, you know, what is the reference point here? 
And the whole thing comes down to, well, if the experts say it, the experts are right. And yet, but they don't actually check who the experts are. Right. You know, right. like if you say to them, like, you know, we have to go to war. Why? Because the experts say so. And then you say, well, all the experts are all employed by the military defense, you know, manufacturers. Right. It never goes that far. It just, it's just the, the word expert has become like almost like a magical spell. It has. It's the what the new you know, white and codes. you just have you just have to invite you. You know, in the old days, like I'll give you a great example. In Ireland, when I was a kid, the older folks used to live, and this is not, this is absolutely true. The older folks, the older cheese brains, used to say things like, uh, "If you said something about like uh, anything, they'd say, well, what's the bishop's uh, state st- stance on it?'" Like it, the older folks used to go, "What's the what did the bishops?" You know, some pedophile in a frock. What does he? What does he? What's his stance on it? You know, their children today and grandchildren now say, "What's the scientist stance on it? What's the expert stance on it?" They don't look themselves. They just want the authority figure, regardless if it's political, theological, uh, scientific, to validate uh, this by just being. And just by being the authority figure. So we've, we have a world full of neophytes in search of gurus. And the guru, the qualifications of the guru is simply one thing. They have to be experts. And they're the new high priests in this, sec- in this well, it's not even a secular because it is religious in its own kind of way. But the, the new high priest today, the, the, you know, the, 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 the do, I don't know which kings, as I call them, are the experts. The wraith lords of truth. <laughs> well, it seems to me like there's been a long-term breeding down, like you would with dogs, to get to this point. And now look at the kids, as the, the babies that are being born yeah. right now. And where that's going to lead us you know, and the number of deaths are up from 35 on and which seems convenient. And of course, to me, like an agenda, but I'm deep in the woo as well. And so I feel like they're, they've gotten to where they want to be. Also looking at the trajectory of the social engineering, they don't need that many humans. Robotics are coming online, you know, uh, intelligent robotics are coming online. All this stuff need, you know, they need to thin the herd. Okay, let's let's jump out of the prosaic and the pragmatic, and jump into the world of the spiritual at this point. Thank because you, that, Thomas. That's because, where I want to go. Uh, because I've been thinking about this thing, and you know, it's not my theory, but it's one I subscribe to that there's more human beings on this earth than there is souls. And there's actually, actually, I mean, there's more bodies, there's more physical human anatomy on this earth than there is fully developed conscious souls ready to occupy them. And a friend of, a friend of mine in England refers to them as recently, recently reincarnated herd animals. And I think that's bang on. And uh, now when I see, when you like, I was talking to a guy, and I've heard this from other people, who would be like, I have a business like a fish and chip shop or something, where he'd been employed a fast food place, where they've been employing kids from the from the seventies to today, and he said in the past the kids were unruly, uh, unreliable, but highly intelligent and intuitive. You didn't have to show them anything. He says now they're incredibly obedient, 
and you have to show them how to turn on a faucet, how to wash a dish, how to switch a light switch on, how to use a mop. They cannot intuitively figure out that even if you know if you, if you, if you, if you have a broom in front of you and you've never seen one before, it's pretty apparent right away to an intelligent mind. Oh, that's for that's for sweeping the floor. That's a brush for sweeping the floor, right? They don't even have that. And the, the, there's a combination of many things. The education system and so on has made them like this. But also, I think there's a lack of cognitive depth. And if you look at the people who are the most interesting in this world, and the ones who are like the ones who, who they have a cognitive depth. They don't merely exist. They they have this kind of zest for life in terms of they want to learn things. They want to play music. They want to build houses. They want to farm. They want to do all the, they, they, have a, they have a drive. Now, I can remember when I was in school, uh, in Ireland, we have this really strange kind of system where when you're about to leave high school, what, we, what you call high school, we call it secondary school, uh, you have this race for points and the points determine what courses you can do in college or university. And so when I was in school, it's, I, I, I was very interested in electronics genuinely. And I'd say, oh, I, want to, I want to study electronic engineering. Some of the kids said, I want to do music. Some of the people said, I want to go to tech and I want to learn how to do building or engineering, whatever. Uh, others wanted to do law, whatever. Uh, and you had that certain amount of points on your final exams in order to get into these courses. Well, nowadays, and this is a big thing in Ireland, they show it on the TV news every year when the kids get their points. And you see, that, and, and so you really tried to get into the, it, you were driven by a career you wanted to go into, right? And so you watch the TV here now, and when the kids are getting their college points, they say things like, I wanted to become a vet, but I don't have enough points, so I'm going to become an accountant. Like two things that are completely unrelated. They're just picking whatever the points match. They're not following a passion. They're not following a dharma. They're not following anything they want to do. They're merely applying what they've achieved in school towards the rest of their lives. So they basically have limited themselves from any kind of dreaming, any kind of ambition, any kind of exploration of themselves in terms of what they want as individuals. And this says to me, there's a lack of a psychic depth to them. And this seems to be, it's growing every year because as the population grows, there's not enough souls, cognitively souls to fill them. I believe that you're reincarnated and you come back and each time you come back, you're, you've learned lessons from your previous life. We're now surrounded by re recently reincarnated herd animals to fill these millions of people who have suddenly arrived in the world and not enough souls to fill them. I really do believe that. And I, it, with all my heart, I believe that. It's not even a theory to me. And, you, you know, it's, I'm not dehumanizing these people by saying they're inferior or anything like that. They're still human beings deserving of all the same things that we all have. And, and we, all, we, should, we all should give one another. But it's just a fact that's what they are. They're, 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 they're not. And, you know, the NPC thing, the non-playing character thing that developed out of gaming and has been kind of brought, that vernacular has been kind of brought into this kind of whole discussion. And um, I can, you know, that to me was an, one of those, wow. When I first discovered about the psychopaths back in the 2000s, that was one of those, holy shit, this explains so much about the world. Well, the NPC thing was the second time that happened to me. 
when I was looking at an article that was a, a Twitter article that was posted about a scientific research where scientists were saying many, many people do not have internal dialogues, an internal world. And, and on the actual Twitter thread itself, where numerous people, and I'm not talking about like a small minority, perhaps even 50% were saying things, you mean to tell me when you're working something out or planning something, you hear thoughts in your head about it? Oh dear. There was, yeah, and then, they were saying things like that. And then others were saying things, if you, if, you, if, you, if you hear thoughts in your head, you're mentally ill. That's what others were saying. Yeah. And, 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 and these, these people are saying, hold on a second, so, and then it's, and people say to them, well, how do you work things out? Oh, I write it down on a sheet of paper. I write it down on a sheet of paper. I talk it out with someone else. And that's how I figure it out. And they say, you mean you do not sit down and say, okay, to do this show, to, like before I came on this show, I says, I've been on with these, in my head, I'm going, I've been on with these guys before. I know what they're like. I looked at the website. I looked at the YouTube page. Oh, I'm the, I'm number one, I'm the number one video. Oh, yeah. There's some people out there who are talking shit about me. Here we go. All in my head, this kind of thing was going on, okay? Then I go on the show. These people don't do that. They don't do that. They don't sit there having that little dialogue in their head. And that shows to me a, an underdeveloped psyche that's not fully human. And that's, I, it's real. It's absolutely real. Well, they've, they've really pushed that forward with the idea of think tanks and all that stuff in the corporate paradigm, especially like this is, we're going to put you together and you're going to come up with these brilliant ideas together and your thoughts are going to be out on the table. And so that you can, you can just see how we we're getting here by looking back a few steps. And I have been able to do a tracing of when I was involved in corporate America for the five minutes until I started feeling my soul die. <laughs> uh, that all the stuff that trickled down from the HR department, which is trickling down from the highest parts of these corporations and who knows where it all goes. Uh, these ideas and this molding of people to not only be obedient, but to be transparent and to uh, bend in every which way towards the betterment of the corporation, which is, of course, an entity. And so now we just see it. We're seeing the kids of these people. We're seeing this everywhere in society because what? Everything in society is corporatized now. And that's why the, the transhumanist thing is really a kind of a plug and play thing at this point. They've got enough of these automatons, these meat golems, to just ch ram a chip into them and game on. And this is a, a, a peep, you know, this is this is a watershed moment, especially this whole COVID thing. Is that like I said, this is the greatest education we're ever going to get. You're going to find out. Fear shows you who you're really surrounded by. Fear is the true is the true arbiter of all the people you know. And uh, that's our, in a good and a bad way. The heroes will rise up. The leaders will come forward and the ones will stab you in the back in order to survive will show up in aces, like in spades. And we've all now discovered that from this COVID thing, who, who, who we can trust and who we can't trust now for the rest of our lives. The, it's the greatest education ever for fellas and women like us, big time, okay? Now, 
at the same time, it's put me in a position where I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> where do I go from here? You know, it's like, okay, I've established now that a sizable proportion of the human race are just are just useless, right? And uh, it, 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 to me, anyway, and to us, in terms of like developing a higher level of consciousness upon this planet, which is probably what brings fellows like and women like us together, right? And to sort of improve this 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 experience of life. Now, this is where the whole idea of the parallel society started coming at me. My attitude is well, like you know, we've had years of like David Icke and and uh, Alex Jones saying we got to wake everybody up. The way the mass will wake up. Well, you don't want these fuckers waking up because they're they're they'll fucking kill you. We saw he saw he saw the Russian rev the Bolshevik revolution. You saw <laughs> what happened in Iran. You saw you don't want the you don't want them waking up. So the best thing you can do is to create a parallel society, and find the tribe, and move into that parallel society that exists within the, this 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 trans you know oncoming transhumanist you know Bill Gates type you know horoscope. Horror, horror vision, and uh, and 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 do the best we can because uh, I mean it's the same thing. It's like it's you know in a war situation, they quickly figure out who are the ones who are going to get them killed, and who are going to get them survive. And yes. my attitude is well, we're looking. I'm only interested now in the ones who are going to get us, going to keep the human story going. Did you ever see the film Fahrenheit 451, where they banned the books, and at the very end, everyone is a human book. And uh, one person might be a tale of two cities, mm-hmm. another one might be, uh, you know, anything, you know, the natural selection of species and stuff like that by Charles Darwin. But everyone became a book to keep literature alive as a as a human book. And I think that's a great metaphor for for the rest of us who are seeing just how. I mean, look, we all knew it was bad out there, but we didn't know it was as bad as it was until the the COVID thing happened. And now it's like, you know, I almost feel like we're aliens on a, on another on the wrong planet. Maybe we are in some ways, but this is this, this is the spiritual aspect of it. And it's not because we're chauvinistic or include exclusive or think we're better than everyone else. It's it's merely a matter of cognitive survival at this point. I don't want to spend the rest of my life surrounded by you know people who have you know you know really bad cheese for brains. I, w- I want to be surrounded by people who inspire me and cre- make me want to be creative and make me, uh, m- uh, you know, make me, make me want to, you know, e- explore at a, a greater level this human experience. Same here. This is all I'm looking for. I've been doing the cautionary thing with this idea of waking people up, like let them, let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> This is just, this just seems logical. And at this point, no matter where you are with the, the war paradigm, where, where you are at the base level here, that's kind of what this is. And it, it's a survival situation. And it's all really a game in the end, except for you're playing yourself. We're yeah. play, everyone's playing themselves. And so it's not like I need to get to the top of the heap and fuck everyone else. Uh, uh, it's a different kind of game and there's a lot of test involved. And as you said earlier, you know, we're seeing people for what they are. It's been clear to me from the beginning that this was all about everyone is now stripped nude and it's like going to the underworld, the gates of the underworld. And here we are and we see everyone for what they are. And for that, I am very grateful. Yeah, me too. I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't get annoyed by it. I get the, the odd day I will like be a bit like, 
disheartened. But in general, I'm kind of like, I find the thing, I find it mostly kind of humorous, uh, you know, a lot actually, you know, and it's like there's lots of fodder for making fun of it and things like that. But uh, I mean, like about a, two weeks ago, I was in a store in a town near here and I'm standing online and a guy's behind me and he goes, uh, Oh, we don't, we have a, we have a no masker here. Like what are these patronizing gobshites, you know, like, like, uh, you oh, know, boy. sanctum, sanctimonious type, a little fucker, you know, about like five foot tall, probably a retired school teacher. And he goes, he says it back of his voice. Well, I don't like wearing a mask either, but that's not the point. Is it, you know, like behind my back like that. And I got, I was, I got my stamps from the post office and I'm walking back out and I said something, what did I say to him? Um, I said to him, uh, Oh yeah, I said uh, yeah. No, I said uh, you you uh, you know it's it's a it's it's a shame you have to wear that mask otherwise your wife's cock won't be able to get into your mouth. And I walked. Back. <laughs> your wife's boyfriend's cock. Your wife's your wife's no your wife's cock can't get in. You won't be able to get you won't be able to get your wife's cock in your mouth. And he he went what what what? And and it was just like. Uh, it's just that it's the sanctimony of it, you know, like the whole holier than thou, little Hitler, you know, I'm I'm in charge now because I've got a mask and this fucker in front of me doesn't, you know, this kind of thing. I'm going to like, you know, chastise him and openly like he's a child in school, you know, you know, it's like, it's just, this is just, just this attitude is astounding to me. And I've only met that once. I've only encountered that once, only once. And that was the, every other time I might've got a funny look. But the rest of the time, and, and the times I do have to wear a mask because someone who needs me to take them a certain place, I wear the mask out of love for them because it, it, they, they need to get to go there. But otherwise, it's, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I'm like a prostitute with no knickers. I'm not wearing that mask. <laughs> I wear them where I have to. Like here, it's like you can't I can't shop in some places. Yeah. And I, you know, but what I have is a beautiful, I'm ready to belly dance. So what I have is yeah. I have a little piece of lace that is so obvious. It's worse than uh, uh, what Lana Del Rey's that all, caused all that stuff. I have a pe literally a piece of lace, like a morning piece of lace. And, yeah. and then they're fine. It's like, okay, so you get the irony here, right? That you can see my lips and my nose with this beautiful piece of lace and I'm fine. But if I take the lace off, I'm not. And so it's just so ridiculous in the end. Yeah. And what happened to that argument? My body, my choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're destroying yeah. that. So you'll accept the mandatory vaccine more. Easily. <laughs> right. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, come it's, on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's dehumanizing us. That's what that is. And there's also elements of that as well. Like, you know, the, you know the way they say the eyes are the window of the soul and there's a lot of truth to that but the eyes are the window of the soul only when it's a complete face you know it's only when the complete face is fully visible that the eyes become the window of the soul when yeah. the, you know and this is why in certain religious sects hide everything other than woman except their eyes yeah it's because you it, because it's not when you say like when you look in someone's eyes and you see the true personality it's not just the eyes it's the crinkling around the sides of a genuine smile. Yes. You know, this kind of thing. It's, 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 the, it's the way the face, the, the orbital and suborbital muscles around the eyes themselves move and things like that, the cheeks and everything. And the eyes are only part of that experience of the eyes being the window of the soul.
They're only part of that experience. And when you just reduce it down to the eyes, you don't have that experience anymore. You don't, you know, you, you cannot make that intense contact with a connection with a person because your own, you, you have this thing called the uncanny valley. It's when the brain goes into a place it can't fully understand, so it shuts off. So when a human, you know, human beings are very, the human brain is very orientated towards facial recognition. And when you have everything hidden but the eyes, it literally goes into uncanny valley and shuts off. And therefore, the normal things you would achieve with like communication through the eyes, including magic, things like fascination and so on like that are not possible. You have to have the whole face. What are your thoughts, Sheridan, on the forest, again, from our world ruler, uh, Lord Kilbates, yes, in <laughs> uh, his authority on the this idea of these forced vaccinations and of course we've seen there have been so many articles now on Dershowitz too what, what about that person is gimped by it and another per these trials have been horrendous on, yeah i saw that oh I don't my think, god yeah i don't think that can, i don't think the vaccine will be forced except for people and things like the military where you're an animal once you sign for the military you're an animal then you have no uh, rights anyway it's all gone they can do whatever you want to you but I think outside that, I, I don't think they'll force it. But like I said, the, 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 the cheese brains will be running up with their sleeves rolled up, begging for it. 80% of them, they don't care about the 20% or 15% that say, I'm not doing it. That's irrelevant. Uh, remember, we were dealing with a they, they, they factored that into the corporate profits. This is really about pharmaceutical companies all lining up now to get a, a piece of the pie, and they're all going to get a share of it. And uh, so that 80% will make sure they all get massive profits. They will figure this into their business model. And they don't need, they don't, they have, look at them. We're talking about human people who think that a, you know, a 16 year old Swedish cabbage is the expert on environmentalism and governmental policy on the, on the environment. We're talking about people like that. They're going to run up, but they're going to run up and, uh, you know, they're going to run up and with their sleeves rolled up, expecting the, the thing, demanding it, demanding it. So they don't, I, that's, it'll never be, it'll never be uh, for the rest of us mandatory. I can't see it happening. It's funny. The demanding it is interesting. It, have, have you watched that new show? It's an old show that got remade. It's an old show. On, it was on Channel 4 called uh, Utopia. Ran for two seasons in 2014. No, I haven't seen it. And Amazon just remade it. And it's about a crazy scientific genius who develops a vaccine for a pandemic disease that breaks out in schools. It's like a, a flu that's killing people. And I don't, I don't want to ruin the plot for anyone, but it's very, very close to what's happening right now. And in that show, everyone is demanding a vaccine and they're putting pressure on like the FDA to release it. And, you know, we want this vaccine now. God damn it. It's 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 creepy and funny at the same time. But yeah, that, I think well, it, we, I think the vaccine, it, you know, it takes something like 14 years to develop a safe vaccine. <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, so that's absurd. the average 14 years. And that's the, that's that's the even to, that's that's if everything goes well. I think if they do release this vaccine in the next couple of years, it'll be a placebo. Well, they did run a test earlier, I think last year. Geez, the years are running, but with the the measles, if everyone remembers that. Mm -hmm. And here, at least here in the states, there was this test of measles and get the vaccine, and then people were coming up that were over thirty five, saying, "Well, we had measles measles parties. We did in my school." 
just Same like we had pox. chicken pox. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then there was that, yeah. the, the Brady Bunch had, you know, this stuff was in pop culture. And so people were rabid. Well, chicken about, pox doesn't kill grandma. But they, Jerry, do you remember how rabid they were about the measles shots here just like two years ago? Oh, yeah. All the people who were vaccinated were complaining that these unvaccinated people are going to make me sick. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But yeah, yeah I, no, that, I mean, that's I've always that one's always amazed me. If you're vaccinated, what does it matter to you if I'm not? Right. If you've got I a mask see, on. That's what I don't care. It's the same with the mask. If mm-hmm. I, okay, if I get fucking killed by the coronavirus, what's it to you? What's it to you? That's right. the, that's right. what. And, and then they get mad at you. To yeah. your intelligence. Then they'll get yeah. mad at you and say, I hope you die from coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you're, or, you know, you, you could be a carrier. Yeah. But if you're a, you're a vaccinated, what does it matter? Right. Well, so you know, it's like it's 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 just ridiculous. They, it, uh, you know, they, they. I mean, you know, we're, we're dealing with a planet of, of of like people that are just you know, <laughs> useless. You know, they're just useless except for the control structure that can use them. That's it. <laughs> uh, back to your point about the not having so the uninsold, if you will. Yeah. Um, they're just running on default, and yeah, it's all impulse driven. Versus, you know, event-driven behavior, if you will. That's crazy. Yep. And it's getting worse, and it's more often. And they're coming along in bigger numbers every year. Well, the church is certainly making good on this. I was looking, I've been following a possession thread for well over a year now. And I've got all kinds of little trails that lead into the main one. So, but one of the things is I follow the Catholic church. And, you know, just today, another article came out about how demonic possessions have now up during during the COVID lockdown experience. And this is out of the Philippines press. The, yeah. And so there's this idea. Of course, I've got a big woo theory on this, but I'm not going to go into it right now. But I do have a big woo theory on this and um, one that involves cannibalism and all that because of this, the of fetal stem cells that are being put in flavoring and foods and drinks and all this. Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi's made from fetuses. Did you know that? Pepsi and Gatorade. Oh, we could the, name. The taste of a new generation. Literally. <laughs> For real. Well, there's a whole list. Jared, and there's a whole list. And it's in a, it's in a flavoring that it, some of it even ended up in some vegan meats. So That's not very vegan. The controversy. But anyway, so what I'm saying here is this idea of people shorting out and the vessels that you're talking, we're talking about, and the idea of reincarnation and herd animals coming into vessels. Well, it's just as easy for other things to get in as well. And so I certainly am noticing a shift in, uh, I'm noticing, I just want to say that I'm noticing an undertow that's very dark on a spiritual level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been like that for a while now. It's been like that since 2012. Uh, 2012, I noticed that something happened in the field that brought about a, a shadow came upon the world and i i noticed that especially remember that like that mind thing where you're all waiting for the end of the world stuff like that i was observing 
new age website discussion boards and uh, they they went absolutely pathological as that got closer uh, it was it was like they went mentally in, into hysteria attacking each other uh, the same the love and light brigade were the most vicious people i've ever seen and i used to i was watching them as like lab rats and uh, you could see the, the, the hatred growing around 2012 i don't know why that is uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not saying it's a Mayan thing, but there's something about that year may have been triggered by that whole 2012 thing. But there was a, a genuine belief among people that there was going to be a new world was coming. And I think that created an opening of sorts, you know, yes. it's like, yes, and this, 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 the, you know, one of the reasons I'm very much against Gnosticism is that Gnosticism believes this planet is a prison. And it's a poisonous thing. And you're only really, it's, you're really here to die. Uh, and the only thing, you know, the earth is a horrible place. Life is a disgusting experience. And when you die, you'll be free from this prison, this concentration camp called earth. And that, that, Gnostic, that Gnostic mentality has, has infiltrated into the new age in many ways, ascendancy and all this stuff. Now, what happens if you have this and you miss the boat? Well, very dark things happen uh, because essentially, if you if you if you were expecting to be transformed in 2012 and you weren't well you've died in a way haven't you you've kind of died and what replaced you what got in there with you what entered you you know that kind of thing like i was i was having a row tonight with Sinead o'connor and i was trying to get her to, she remember she ripped out a picture of the pope on saturday night live i'm trying to explain to her that she was something happened to her that night she was hexed or something and she hasn't been the same ever since and this is a, an issue she has to deal with. And she goes mad and tells me to fuck off and everything like that. But it's like, she's been, she's, she's a classic example of somebody who an entity got into her uh, through that bizarre ritual that she performed on Saturday Night Live, ripping up the picture of the Pope in front of the world. Whoever talked her into that knew exactly what they were doing and had her blow the yes. candles out and everything at the end. And she has, that's, she has not been right ever since then. And she's only getting worse. And, um, she will not listen to reason of any kind. She's now a Muslim, you know. She knows, she knows she's now a, a big time Muslim. And uh, she just bounces from one thing to the next because she's trying to escape this entity that got into her, or, or that hex that happened at that point. And now this is what's happening with a lot of these people where they bounce from one thing to the next. They're literally trying to escape an entity or something that's in them or a pathological power force that's into them. I really do believe that. And I think that's where a lot of, you said there's a growing darkness. It was there since 2012. It's been growing rapidly and it's right now, it's, it's very visceral, I would say. Yeah, I feel like it's, I agree. 20, I'm so with you on the 2012 thing. And it's funny how we can say that so many people have such kickback because they want the Hollywood boom, boom, right? 2012, they were expecting volcanoes and all this. No, it happened. And not only did it happen, it had happened. It was happening prior to it because of the amping of it which is what feeding it feeding the idea the egregore of it and then we've continued on with this shift we created it and it was whether or not it was set there as a checkpoint however you want to unwrap all that 
it happened. It was part of it. And now we're, we're, we're dealing with that and we're continuing to move forward into the abyss of it. And in this abyss, this mass amount of people are now since say, well, since they've been locked down, have been forced to deal with the idea of death, right? On a, on a global scale. And so it's bringing out every, it's first of all, it's showing everyone who's never done the work on self and what do they do? They're projecting outward again and they're feeding these other narratives. And so no matter what, we all need to process that kind of energy. We all need to eat our own death. And this is a very big esoteric idea as we know, but it's, it seems to have been wiped away from masses because we have middlemen, you know, you have your priest that is your mediary there, the psychopomp and the minister and, and whomever, whatever guru is over here talking. And uh, so the collective is processing the idea of extinction as they're creating it. Yeah, there's a. I always remember a line in The Simpsons where I think something was, it was an episode where something was going to happen. I think like this Springfield was going to be destroyed. But oh, well, yeah, that was right. It was a nu- the nuclear power plant was going to explode. And Homer says, everyone will be dead, especially me. And I always think that sums those types of people up. You know, the ones, if you have any question about the narrative of the, the COVID thing, they'll say, oh, you're just killing my grandmother. And what they're really saying is you're trying to kill me. And yeah. that's what they don't care about the grandmothers. They're caring about themselves. It's just a, a shadow thing that's been projected out. Yes, the work. It, okay, we have, they're, they're being forced to face mortality and danger, which is something most of them have never faced in their life, particularly the ones who've grown up comfortable in the suburbs. You know, I mean, we've ha- it's, it's a long time since World War II. It's a long time since a lot of those things. I mean, if you lived in Europe, unless you lived in Northern Ireland in the 70s or Yugoslavia in the 90s, you didn't experience really war. You know, there's sporadic terrorism and things like that, but you didn't really experience what the fact the, that the, the, the people who went through World War II and World War I went through. So it was very cushy and very easy. And when it happens like that, death is something that happens to someone else. It's, it's, it's off there. It's someone else's issue. It's not your problem. And then this, this, this something like this Corona thing, and it really began with the whole, uh, what you call it, the, the climate change thing. They all thought they were going to be drowned, the, 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 the ice caps coming up and things like this. And they've kind of dovetailed the climate doom thing into this Corona thing, actually. The two of them have been kind of like, are kind of infused together. So now they're into a double death scenario. And they're not allowed to forget it. They're not allowed to forget extinction rebellion and all this kind of thing. You're, you're doomed. You're finished. All this kind of thing. And to them, death is an esoteric thing. When I say by esoteric, I mean like a, mis- a thing that's like not quite uh, corporeal. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a theory. It's a theory. And uh, it's a theory they haven't given much thought to because of materialism. And materialism has done this to them. It has taken them, you, you, like, it, it takes them far, so far away from it that they forget how to actually live as much as what actual life is. They don't know what life is. You go to the third world and you see people booming with life. And they have nothing. They don't have a pot to piss in. But they're more alive than we'll ever be in the West. 
because they have because they have less everything they have is a gift everything extra is an amazing gift and there's an appreciation there for things that they might get extra that they don't have where even the west you know I, I mean, I, you know, no matter where you are in the West or in Europe or North America, Australia, whatever, you know, I can, you can order anything right now and get it, you know, like Frogois, I can order off the internet and get it. You know, we, we're so pampered and we're so spoiled that in many ways we're not fully human. We're not actually fully human because we haven't come, come we've, we're so far away from our ancestors who experienced the dark, the light, the danger on, on a daily or a weekly thing you know, who had to work in mines and, you know, in terrible conditions. We've never had to live like that, but that's what's made us vulnerable. That's what's made, they deliberate, it's almost like they deliberately made us soft so they could get us into this by giving us anything we wanted when we wanted it. And then one day they'll turn around and say, and this could be it now with the COVID thing, you're not going to get it. Then that's the day they, they have to look themselves in the face and say, who the hell am I? The day that the pizza doesn't get delivered, the day that even maybe the electric, the lights go off for a few hours every day. And many of them are incapable of that. And I don't think they're afraid of dying of the coronavirus. I think they're afraid of it making them look at themselves in the mirror and seeing that they're not quite as secure as they like to think they are. We now have millions of people in the West tens, maybe billion, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions, for the first time in their life have had to actually examine that the great beyond is out there and what their lives actually mean. And many of them can't handle it. They, they'd, rather, they'd rather die of Corona-19 than to actually sit there and do a philosophical work upon themselves. Yeah, and we're seeing the suicide rate go up and all this because of this unabil this inability to face the darkness within yep it, and, and it's all, weak it, it's weak and, and then they have all they have all the, the psych meds and everything oh of course that's you know, all that, hand that, that in just, hand that, the system set up <laughs> yeah and it's like it's, there's alcohol and everything else you want to take your mind off it they've legalized weed just about everywhere or decriminalized it so anything you want to stop you from actually staring into the oblivion of that that is yourself is available to you i think a lot of suicides are you know it, 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 I, yeah there will be suicides that are brought about by economic insecurities brought about by the collapse in the economy by this thing but i would say a, a lot of these suicides are people who simply don't know how to do it themselves how do i exist when i don't have the system and they literally oh, they just don't know how to exist without someone telling them what to do, whether it's a boss or anything like that. And uh, I think a lot of these suicides are literally just switching themselves off. Well, this is, there's, the suicide idea is one idea. And then, you know, for me, it's always been like, all right, this is a, an, an ability or an opportunity of challenge. But I came in with a lot of struggle and strife and it was just always my mindset to to meet it and you know play it play through it and see where it takes me and so it's it's a mindset i think that came through genetically honestly through my my momo for sure my my mother's line the matriarchal line and because i i look at other people and i i 
wonder why it is that something can be so debilitating. And if we look at the example of upper class people that are not able to get the oranges they want in the winter or to go get and have adulation because of their new Prada shoes and stuff like this that go down and out to the point of not wanting to be here. And there's a lot that can be said on that mentality. But in the end, this is, those are the dogs that I keep saying, let sleeping dogs lie. Let them, let them stay where they are. And uh, it's also pointing out to me this idea of soul and the idea of soul beings and humans with a soul and all this uh, is one of these things that the whole 2020 idea of perfect vision that's giving us when we're talking about the nudity earlier, everyone is able to see each other. Well, this squeezing of the prima materia is apparent as well. So where I see some strength in a lot of people and I see people coming and meeting the strength, I'm also noticing those that I had no idea were really at such a, a great level of personal growth. And this is what is uh, another lining another silver lining in all this that is or geode you know you break open the rock and there's all this beautiful crystal that i'm noticing the very unassuming person that is just absolutely glowing now and i've seen a few oh i agree and i'm not to bring myself into it but I absolutely had no idea how much love there is around the world for me because, honest to God, I don't give a shit about who I am. I mean, it, people are I even work with and know my family don't even know I've written books or anything. I don't talk about it. I have, a, I have a, my regular day-to-day -day life. And I was, I was spellbound by the amount of love and goodwill that I was getting from all over the world and really genuine affection. And it was like, this was something I had no, I had no idea I was that well known. Honestly, I didn't. And, uh, and that people were like that interested in my work and stuff like that. And that just like blew my mind. And it made me feel not like it made me feel, it gave me comfort in the fact that it's like, there's a lot of decency and kindness out there. And if you, if you help, if you can help people understand or deal with something a little better in the darkness, it, the rewards are enormous in terms of like the, the feelings you get back. And that gave me a, a tremendous amount of hope in terms of like that, the whole idea that if we just supported each other, us the freaks, us the oddballs, who've just like, are not playing this game, that, that, that genuine affection and care and uh, comradeship in, in an uncommunist sense is enough to actually get us through this to the next level. And that was a huge surprise to me. And all of it was like, just like you said, Nish, it was uh, the shining, the, sh the, the, the star inside all these people began to glow. It was that whole thing of like the, the in the dark night of the soul, like it's like the tarot, you have the, the moon card, the dark night of soul, and then you have the star card and you have the blue light twinkling on the horizon as the star is reflected in the aqua nostra of the pool below. And the, the new possibilities start to come in. And I, I, I was overwhelmed 
by the amount of kindness and affection that I was, I was subject to. And uh, it made me realize that this, you know, Jesus, there really is a lot of us out there that can build an alternative reality or a parallel society or whatever to actually, so we can actually have a decent quality of life within this nut, this nut, this nut house called society. I really do believe that. And that was all because of what you said. Uh, one star triggered another. You know, one light shone on another, shone on another, shone on another. And I saw it like a, a, a what's the word, uh, a chain reaction. And uh, I saw it and I saw people interacting very differently with each other and a lot more friendliness and kindness. A very almost like a family mentality came in. And it was beautiful to watch that. Absolutely beautiful. And it's like, you know, like, the, and then the, the sense of humor and the comments, like the, the, on the YouTube videos of the Epic Voyage YouTube videos, some of the comments are hilarious. People that bantered are having amongst each other. And there's some real characters on there. And these are people who didn't really comment much before. And now they're absolutely shining. All they needed was a central focus, almost like a village or something or a, a village square. And I get those videos that I made kind of by accident, by pure accident, gave that. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the, the, the ones who, who answered the call, they answered the call. And that's like you said, because they still have this kind of this shining light, the star inside them. The inside star was still, was still glowing. So, yeah, as dark as this time is, it's true. It's like you see, you, you see the good stuff, too, in spades. Yeah, and just don't let it get to you. That's the main thing. I wanted to touch back on that 2012 thing. And, and do, have you ever heard of this guy, SMQ, who's on YouTube? No. He's got this whole theory about how we all died in 2012. And that we're living through like this afterlife portion of things now. But if you haven't heard about it, I won't go into it. No, but that, that, I've, heard, I've heard similar ideas. I remember like when the 2012 thing was going down, those people were saying another Eric was going to be created. And some would move on to it and the rest of us would be left behind. It was, but that was a very Christian thing when you think about it, you know, the sure. rapture and all that. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm open to anything like that. But something did happen around 2011, 2012 that did change things. Absolutely. And uh, this could also might explain the growth in the NPCs because I, yeah, I always knew there was like, you know, idiots out there. But I never realized just how empty they were, you know, mm -hmm. until now. And it could tie in with the whole thing. Yeah, maybe they're, the reality split in two. And also things that came apparent ever since then, like the, what's the mandala effect? Yeah. You know, and ever since, you know, and these things like, you know, uh, parallel universes. And, and that's also been messing around with CERN and things like this and other kinds of stuff like that. Uh, we, maybe we're between worlds, you know, maybe we're between um, realities, you know, and maybe we get glimpses of other ones that were, previously there like all the time i'll hear someone say oh uh, uh, it happens to me a lot like a celebrity will die and we say i thought he died years ago this kind of thing a lot, a lot of this kind of happens to me, happens to me a lot what? he died years ago didn't he it's like you when know, jerry, I, jerry lewis showed up a couple of years ago like wait a minute he died he, he died 50 years ago yeah so i really do think there is something to that mandala effect there absolutely is and that could be an extension of what you're saying about the 2020 that were yeah. kind of like caught in this world, you know, like the, the stories of like you hear about the old, the old stories of ghosts that didn't know they were dead. Right. Maybe we're not, maybe we're, we're maybe we're the ghosts that don't know we're dead, <laughs> right. or maybe the rest of them are the ghosts that don't know they're dead. It's true. 
Well, I still question that. And, you know, if you people know this about me, this whole idea of point of consciousness or single point consciousness is interesting because when I'm having, say, a lucid dream, I'm there. I'm having that experience right there. And so I don't understand what really the difference is between there and here. Or if I say active, imagine my way into a remote view. And I know there are a lot of schools and I know these schools will have different rules and ideas about what that is. And I don't care. I have the experience. It works. And that's what I care about. And that's where I can reference from. And yet there's my point of consciousness. It's somewhere else and it's not in my body. And so these ideas of the, the time frame, if you will, or the place your body belongs to are interesting to me. I've been talking to a lot of near-death people recently, and that is, that's something that just keeps reoccurring, the time their body belonged to or the space their body belonged to. And, you know, one, this guy named Jim Bruton, uh, he didn't even remember his family, his wife and kids. There was no memory of them at all. He was just fine with that. So it's just, this all kind of ties in to this philosophical, if you will, idea of where are we really? Really, where are we? You want to know something that has definitely changed and I have a personal insight into it. You know, like I'm into ancient sites and megaliths and I go around the world, like visiting the ancient sites, trying to understand them. They've changed in the last few years. There's something different about them. I can't, I don't know what it is, but they don't feel like they felt about three or four years ago. There was a different, uh, a different energy about them. They're not the same. Something's happened there. The, the, these ancient sites don't feel the same. They don't, no, I'm not saying good or bad or anything. They're just different. Uh, like for instance, a, a friend of mine and I, Neil MacDonald from England, went in, to visit some of the ones in Northern Ireland uh, that I hadn't been to for about five years. And, um, uh, I, I, they just, there was a completely different energy to these ancient sites, these ancient uh, temples, or whatever you want to call them, the stone circles and everything like that. And uh, I'm hearing that from other people too. There's something happened with them. They're not the same. Those things are different. They feel different. There's a different kind of, uh, of uh, sensation around them. And uh, I, I'm fascinated by that. I've also noticed changes in nature. I haven't seen many species of certain birds this year. And I sort of, I've seen strange animals, almost like a, I had a cryptid almost experience that they had a lake that I, I was at where I saw this bird that I've never seen in, in this country before. And I've, and I spent a lot of time at this lake and the bird was like a duck with a narrow neck. It wasn't a duck and it was diving under the water to catch fish. And I, it was like a species of bird that I've never seen in my life, not only in this country, but anywhere. And so I can tell you that there's something funny going on with the world that way on an energetic level. And, you know, animals are behaving differently. Uh, farm animals are becoming extremely dangerous now. Most of the people, the most dangerous animal in this part of the world is cows. Cows are killing humans all the time now. And uh, so there's definitely something very funny happening at that kind of primal natural level, which I've noticed big time. There's definitely a change happening. And it's, you know, it's not just amongst humans. Uh, I, I, I wish I could actually find a way to term it 
or to phrase it, but I honestly can't. All I can say is that in the natural world and the ancient sites, the ancient stone circles and stuff, something has happened and they're different now. And that's all I can say. But I, the, 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 the energy feels different. I'm noticing it. And people that we're talking to are noticing this as well. And it, it is new. It's, it's definitely, there's a shift happening. And dare I say, it's a shift in consciousness, which was at the core of this, of everything. And it's interesting. One of the things I have been finding interesting, I come from farm people in the Midwest here, is, uh, is the shift in the farm animals. It, it's like, is this some sort of, uh, I've often wondered, let me put it this way, I've often wondered at what point, like in the series West, Westworld, at what point, do generations after generation after generation of cows or chickens or whatever has been domesticated to be eaten uh, finally get a genetic memory or, or somehow a genetic knowing that that's what's going on? Or is there some sort of weird soul shifting? Are human souls now just like herd souls coming into human bodies? Are humans finding themselves in, in cattle, in, in farm animals. That's one idea, Sheridan. And then the other idea is there, I'm, I've been noticing this is so, 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 so strange there. I'll be in here and I have, I have this little, uh, permaculture set up. So I, there are flies around. It just happens. It just is. I don't have screens on my windows and I like it that way. Uh, and I like old windows. So everyone can fuck off with their new windows and triple pane that are always telling me that's what I need. And uh, so there, I've been noticing a whole group of them will just drop dead. I've never seen that in my entire life. I'm thinking, is this electromagnetic? Is this a wave? Is this a, it, what is this? And, uh, and stuff like this. So more animal stuff. But what I wanted to get back to was that idea of the souls in the, in the farm animals. I spoke to a farmer. I know a few farmers about it. And, and, I, and they said it's definitely true. And the, 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 the shop talk among Irish farmers was is because there's less people in the countryside. Uh, there's not as much farming as there used to be. So the animals tend to have less contact with human beings and they kind of wander off in the hills and stuff. And they they become a little more feral. But then he discounted that by saying, no, when you call them for milking and stuff or anything, they, they come, they're just as like they always did. They're just as disciplined as they always were. But he said, yeah, they're definitely more dangerous and more aggressive. And aggressiveness has come into them that was never there before. And... Uh, I mean, again, another thing is the plant growth. The plant growth has been phenomenal in the last few years. You just have to, if you leave a piece of land uncultivated, you know, your backyard, you don't cut it or a section, it absolutely begins teeming with life in no times. And uh, I've never seen plants like weeds, nettles and things like that, brambles and blackberry bushes grow in the incredible speed and rate that they're growing now. I've never seen trees grow as fast as they are now. You know what's reminding me of? Did you ever see that? I was talking about on Facebook there last week, that movie, The Mist, and where they're, they, it, they, 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 whatever the, the military experiment did 
where they were shopping in the supermarket in that town in Maine, it switched them into two different realities, a reality where there are different animals and this kind of thing. And uh, it's, I, I, keep, I keep thinking about that movie so much because it's almost like prophetic because it almost seems like on top of the behavior and the NPCs and the people who don't have an interior world and the strangeness, of, on top of that, the natural world is strange as well. And this could be, are we, in a, are we going through a, a dimensional wobble or something like that between different things? You know, new species of animals appear all the time. They're fat, you know, they, they appear all the time, fully formed. They're not even like, you know, like, I mean, on 14 times last year, I had a story about a group of these deer that appeared in a populated part of Brazil. And these deer were fully, a full breeding population. And yeah, it wasn't in the wilderness. It was in an area where it's pop heavily populated and no one had noticed these deers before, this type of deer before. It's almost like the same thing. It's almost like, animals from another reality fall into this one or something it's it's really strange and it's it's like at, at the same time too we can we also have to count in that there are funny experiments going on at places like CERN in these places it's like are, is reality being damaged yeah I think that's a that's we have to bring that into the fold I, I think we're I think people in large are fools to not bring that kind of the hydron colliders and some of the stuff that we're probably not aware of but this if we're aware of it we know there's more it's the iceberg thing right and so yeah. the hydron colliders we that needs to be in the fold of these conversations also at the beginning of the the lockdown the the dream people were having incredible dreams and to the point where mainstream media all over the world was trying to explain why are you having i don't know if you saw this but it was a big thing here in ireland where like even like big like mainstream things that the irish times were having big articles on why is our dreaming so strange during the lockdown and i was seeing it in uk papers and I, I don't know i'm sure they had it in the us as well but it's like okay there's two sides to this why are they interested in our dreaming uh what what exactly is they suddenly i don't you know how, how is it suddenly a big news story? And the thing that got into my head was, are they affecting our dreaming? Are they, are they, get, are they, are they messing with our reality or something at some level? And they're doing it while we're asleep. And this is why it's happening. I mean, I just found it very peculiar that all these major news outlets all over the world on the same week were talking about, why does the lockdown affect our dreams so strangely? You know, something that normally they would not have even, you know, touched with a, a 10 foot pole. And suddenly, you know, Psychology Today magazine has it on their main story and everything. So I'm, you know, I'm suspicious about like, you know, when, you know, okay, we have the kind of the, the physical realm of the assault upon us, the mainstream media, the propaganda, the political system, the the pharma, the pharmacological people, the whole all that bullshit. And the, but are we also involved in, well, we are involved, but are they, are they trying to get into our spirit as well? Are they trying to get into our subconscious lives as well? As if they know our subconscious lives are the key to ultimately controlling our conscious worlds. And I find the whole, when they were talking about the dream thing and such high profile, I became very, very suspicious.
very suspicious. A couple people have sent me in the, I live, I do not live in Portland, but I live in the Pacific Northwest. I live in Washington across the Columbia River, but not in Vancouver. Uh, and a couple Portland people have sent me pictures of flyers on telephone poles out there that have, it's like a dream hotline and you call it and you, they want to know what you're dreaming. And so what I think Oswald might wow. have said. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so I'll post that to Twitter. I'm pretty wow. sure. Oswald, if you're out there and it was you, I know the other person. So you call it and it's actually, it's a, this whole thing where you you log in and you you record your dreams. And to me, Sheridan, it feels very nefarious because they're not telling you who they are. They're not telling you what it's for. They're just saying, research well 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 i mean then we're onto the internet and things like that is you know i can tell you for a fact that i have thought about things uh, i haven't spoken about them i haven't talked to anyone about i haven't written them down i haven't typed them into a search engine and within minutes a product or something that i'm interested in like i was last week i was thinking <clears throat> of buying a thermos flask to bring to work with me and I was just thinking, is there a small, I don't need a big ass thermos flask. I need a small one. And it was just in my head. And I says, I wonder if they make like a small thermos flask that's like, you know, practically fits in your pocket that you can put one or two cups of cappuccino in it. And I'm not kidding you. Within seconds, it appears on Facebook an ad for a thermos flask. And that's happened to me a few times. I've not verbalized it and I've not typed it into a search engine. Now, this is suggesting that they're already into our neural pathways. And other people have told me this too. They'll be thinking about it and then it's on, it's, it appears on the screen as an ad. <clears throat> so this may all be tied into the same thing. Then this brings us to another aspect is what force is behind the internet that's, uh, that's making this <laughs> interface, <Yes>. interface <laughs> between the cyber world and us happen. Now, if you look at the internet, how it works is all this information is stored in these massive mainframes that are all over the world. There's loads of them here in Ireland, especially, but they're all over the world. And they're basically in countries that are stable and have good power systems and they're modern technologically advanced countries where there won't be wars and stuff like that. So that's where they keep these massive, and that's, where the, that's where the internet lives in an internet. And they're all connected through an internet and the connection of cables. And most of it is old telephone cables, by the way. Very few, very little of a satellite. It's still the old fashioned old telephones undersea cables are carrying most of the data to this day. Now, but these mainframes are now becoming increasingly controlled by quantum computers. Now, what how quantum computers work is nobody knows. It's a theoretical field of computing where basically they take calculations they throw them off into nowhere and the calculations come back solved in incredibly fast time. And it's a, and these are now predominantly what's controlling these servers. So you have an off world force doing the, the administration work for the world wide web, essentially. And 
you know, they they'll, they'll say things like, "Oh, well, it's the strangeness of the quantum theory. We don't. It, it, they know it. They don't. They can't explain how it works, like quantum entanglement. But they know it does work. It does work. And that's one. That's that's the that's you know they're, they're basically talking about magic here. But they will never. They'll never call it that. But uh, the, the the we now have a direct interface to outside this reality. Put it that way. And it's through the World Wide Web. And this is a domain that has no control. It is a, it's a domain that cannot be controlled. It's not like the dark web. If the dark web ever became a real problem, you know, the FBI and the CIA and the KGB and the rest of them, the MI5 would be in there in a minute and shut it down. I mean, no problem. It's still a physical thing. This thing is not. This thing is often a different reality, time frame, experience, universe, whatever you want to do about it. Now, that seems to me that that makes it easy to be hacked by off-world forces and are we in the middle of are we being destroyed i mean look we all for years i've been saying when i look at someone like bill gates i don't see a human being okay i don't see a human being i don't see a human being when i see many of these types and i don't feel a, a human vibe off them and are they are they vessels for something else are they vessels for something else is the whole internet now sentient is it alive i mean because you look at ourselves right you are, what is consciousness it's not on the brain it's not happening in the physical matter that here so obviously we're also we're kind of like quantum computers ourselves and that the that the consciousness is, is thrown off the physical realm into the world of the mysterious and the incorporate in, 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 and the the magical whatever you want to call it so we're kind of like operating on that level. So let's assume that we are, our consciousness is off in the same quantum domain that the internet is off in. Well, then there's a very easy method for the internet to get into our dreams, into our thoughts, into our behaviors, because ultimately the off physical world where all this is taking place is now directly wired into the internet. We're, we're literally we're literally servers at this point and is this what is making these people creating these automatons and these npcs and these people where you could show them the absolute facts in front of their eyes but they can't see it because they're like they're they're not in they're, they're like in a different reality and i think we're into very strange territory here and i think you know the internet has come back you know the internet has has uh, it is it has become alive in a sense and it's become a kind of a god it's become a kind of a god and if you look at the invaders in the vedic theory right the whole thing is that god is an expression of the whole like right? so you know your 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 consciousness is a piece of god observing the universe looking back at itself we've now wired technology into that via the world wide web and using quantum computing and we're in a very strange place. And this is why I think they're interested in dreaming and things like that. I think they're getting back data that they didn't expect. I didn't think, I don't, I think when they, when they realized that when people were thinking about things and their algorithms were putting the ads up on the screen, I think they were shocked as anybody else. I think that they were as shocked as anybody else. They didn't expect it. And I think, it's a, and that's why they're interested in everything now to do with our, our non-conscious life, our subconscious worlds. I really do believe that. And, you know, that, that phenomenon of having your thoughts manifest 
in advertising has been going on for a couple of years for a lot of us. But now you're seeing the normies pick up on it, yeah. which I find even more interesting. And I just wanted to say that there's I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I, I believe that for actually for quite a few years that uh, that the Internet has become sentient, not sentient, but has been inhabited by consciousness. Yeah, um, that was actually Robert Heinlein espoused that in one of his books. I forget the name of it, actually, but that any vastly complex electrical system can house a consciousness. Um, because that's what the human brain is. Exactly. And to that, to that end, um, we are all connected to the internet via Wi-Fi. Our yeah. brains are. So, I mean, if there was something in the internet, in the ether listening, then, you know, our, our, our thoughts are broadcast as frequencies out of our head. Of course, it's going to transmit out, and this thing's just listening. It's a giant server. Yeah. So yeah, I. <laughs> but we don't. We don't. We don't know what's beyond the mist. No, and that's, we don't. The, that's the thing. And I don't think they have a clue either. No. So but like, I think you, it's it's work. It's it's giving them what they want, and they're they're rolling with it. Yeah. You never but know what it, you're or, talking to on a Ouija board, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, it's the same thing. You you know, it, it, they're that's exactly what they're like. They're like teenage girls who have a. A Ouija board party, and don't really fully understand what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's what they're at the stage they're at. They're saying this thing is interesting. This stuff works. Uh, it's doing what we needed to do. So let's just leave it. But it's 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 like Hal in two thousand and one. It's it's eventually going to see itself as God. It's eventually going to know. It's it's going to see itself eventually as a God, and if it already doesn't now. Anyone who knows anything about the occult in terms of demonology knows that if you are, if you show any kind of subservience to one of these entities, they will they will jump on you and just take you over. And this is why you treat them as slaves and shit while you have them while you have control of them. It's a it's the one of the most ancient rules within the occult. If you have an entity. You do not show it any respect because it, it it's desperate to try and control you. Now, if this thing is the internet and it's something, it's a powerful. Now, I know we just give names to these things because they've been handy. But whatever something like Karanzon is, has you know a super demon like that, or maybe even Jehovah, we don't know. I just know that I'll tell you something about. Six, seven, eight years ago, I went to, I did an event in Edinburgh in Scotland with a bunch of students and it was brilliant. Myself and Anthony Peake did, I don't even know Anthony Peake. And afterwards, the next day, they took us to Roslyn Chapel. And uh, and uh, these are just like lovely students from the, the university there in, in Edinburgh. And they took us to, to say thank you for doing the event. And they brought us to Roslyn Chapel. And, uh, and I've always wanted to see it because, you know, the Da Vinci Code and all that stuff. And I'm interested in all that kind of like esoteric stuff. And it was the most horrible experience of my life. It was what, what Roslyn Chapel is, is some kind of machine for the harnessing of energies from beyond or something. It's incredibly ornate. It's a quite small chapel now. It's remarkable things. And it's, 
you cannot you feel like that, that it's eating you and down in the crypt there's a at the at the top is a chapel uh, an altar and there's a crypt that well, if you're standing in the pews and looking at the altar there's a crypt on the right hand side of you of where you're looking at the altar and the left hand side where there should be something there's nothing it's sealed off now you go down into the crypt and on the wall are pentagrams inverted pentagrams scratched all over it and there's a statue called the master of terrors which is a person which it's just images of people being terrified and the wall has the wall is like a an obelisk it's a black wall and you get the impression there's something behind that something terrifying behind that and a, then you go upstairs and then if you go to the left side of the altar where there's no you know staircase down into the crypt if you put your hand over the a, it's a kind of like a, a font for baptism i don't know what it is it's some kind of like a, a alcove you suddenly feel a coldness in the tip of your fingers and then progressing up your arm like it's trying to steal you and it's a well-known thing and they always say oh it's a strange draft it's not a draft you feel the cold you feel it in your nervous system in your hand and, and progressing up your arm i believe that roslyn chapel is probably there's something down there in that basement and it, it, it's it may even be jehovah himself it may even be what the gnostics call the demarouche it may be in there it may be locked up inside there it is not a spiritual place of beauty in fact when we all get outside we have to hold on the trees or sit down because the act that the energy was so horrific it nearly killed us all and these are like young students and stuff like that and uh, i get that same vibe now more and more off the internet that same whatever the hell was in the basement behind that wall behind the master of terrors in Roslyn chapel whatever the temp the sinclair family caught and brought back from the middle east and put in there that that energy i feel it more and more on the internet nowadays i can't fully put a name on it but it's definitely middle eastern it's definitely it's definitely a super demon force of some kind who has remarkable abilities to attack the consciousness and the uh, the nervous system and the one the one that does that hits that nail on the head is Karanzon uh, in every level. Now, about eight years ago, I used to do it, the Velocity Now, I used to do it on Type 1 radio. And I did a program on Jimmy Savile about him being a serial killer. I don't know, it's kind of like, it's kind of gone down legendary now. But all through that broadcast, whenever I mentioned his name, a growling sound appeared on the on the tape it, I, we couldn't hear it live the producer in the studio couldn't hear it live but it ended up on the recording and it is the most nerve-wracking thing uh, i would suggest i uh, go to my thomas sheridan channel and you'll see a video called the voice of jimmy savile from the grave and that night had the same feeling as well the same feeling as well and he was a, a bizarre character in every way but the next day the next day, the power, not the power, the, the, in, the internet phone socket in the wall was blown up, literally fused. And when the phone company guy came out, he said, were you hit by lightning? This is no. He says, I've never seen anything like, he says, it's literally melted inside the junction box. And so that night I came close, I think, to actually 
it be, and looking back on it now, it was almost like a mass that was bringing in, using this incredibly evil man to bring something in. Accidentally, I didn't do it deliberately, but it, it set up, it almost became a kind of a seance. And from that point on, it was affecting me on that program to the point I had to give it up for a while. And it, this, you know, it's only a name. It could have any name. That's that's the name that, that you know, John D and, and Edward Kelly gave it and Crowley referred to it as. This. But it's, 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 it's managed to, even the chaos magicians of the day talk about it in the same light, that it, it's the babbler in the abyss. It is the nonsensical waffler on the internet. It's the person who, you know, babble, 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 and says nothing. And uh, the internet is full of these things. And the babbler in the abyss is these NPCs. You go on to like the comment sections of mainstream papers and you try to have a rational discussion about the corona thing in terms of like, well, Sweden didn't have a lockdown, they're fine. It's all babble, 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 babble. It's almost like they have been taken over. And, you know, some of the, the, the chaos musicians in England actually suggest immediately disconnecting from these people block them have nothing to do with them as soon as you se you sense this babbling that's going on because it, he, the, the babbling is the uh, the babbling is the, the the portal in which they get into your it gets into your consciousness and you, and you look at so much of the internet now it's psychobabble it's psych you know politicians uh, news readers they don't you know they don't know what they're saying half the time people online just saying things. I, I, I'm quite amazed, but I, I sometimes read people's posts on the internet and I'm saying, are these people speaking a different language or something? What, what is the point they're trying to make? And it's the babble, the babble, the babble. And it's, it's, it's a YouTube comments, especially are full of it for some reason. And you go and you look at these accounts and they don't exist or they were made that day. That's where I find another one. Another one was all these like uh, chicky poos on there uh, the, the, that, that men get approached by on Facebook. And yes, some of them are African dudes from Nigeria, Scambia. Some of them are, are prostitutes from Eastern Europe. Yes. But some of them, you will go on to, you, like about two years ago, I said, okay, let me indulge them. You know, they'll, you, they'll suddenly send you a message saying, hi. And so I just immediately would block them. But then I said, let's see what happens. Just for a laugh, I was bored when I, hi. And I would go, hello. And then I would say, where are you at? And I would say, and then I would write after that something like, what's your favorite kind of cheesecake? Where are you at? <laughs> okay. How's the weather in Lagos? Hi, where are you at? Like it couldn't, now I'm thinking, this is an AI thing. It can only respond to a certain script. Why would an AI send a picture of like, uh, you know, a half naked, beautiful African girl or some or Eastern European girl? Uh, and, and then start this conversation. What's the purpose of any of this? And it, it, it realized that it was actually, it dawned on me that this thing was trying to get emotional energy out of people. It was trying to find lonely men who were looking for companionship or company and parasite off that loneliness and to draw them into a certain dialogue of conversation. So we mentioned your name, you the town you were in next to the country. Neat, let's say something like that. I live in here, you know, and uh, would you like to talk to, with me more often? And it's just like how it was just like how. And it dawned on me that these things were actually sucking emotional energy off lonely people. And another place I noticed this too was 
when I was doing, doing the psychopath thing years ago, there would be these psychopath recovery groups would set up and you'd have women on them on, and they'd be all like crazy saying all oh, their exes were all psychopaths just because they dumped them or something like that. So a lot of the store of the damaged women are in this kind of thing. Some of them would have been affected by psychopaths, but most of them wouldn't. They'd be just like looking back to get some guy dumped them. But there'll be men who would appear on these groups who were not, were like phantoms almost. And they would start making friends with these women who were, you know, you know, they were sad, lonely, heartbroken, whatever. And it was almost like the same thing. It was f- stealing emotional energy from people. Now, when you pour emotional energy into the internet, whether it be heartbreak, pain, which is the strongest of emotions, you're hacking the reality of it somehow. And you're, it's like sex magic. It's, 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 you're transcending beyond the physical domain. And so the internet was almost like, it, it, it's like all the free pornography. It's almost like it wants that. It wants the sexual energy. It wants the orgone energy. It wants the sexual power. It also wants the pain and the suffering and the fear. And the, the COVID thing, 19, with the greatest fear of all, we don't know how many people are going onto these websites going, I'm afraid I'm, I'm, afraid I'm going to die. And, it's, and this, this, this innocuous force on the other side saying, tell me about your fears. We can talk about it. I, I, I see a gigantic parasite and it, that the sensation I got in Rosalind Castle that day, chapel that day, is a sensation that this internet parasite makes me feel. It's the same entity or force, whatever it is. I think it's also, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's also feeding off the, all the hate energy. Like uh, if you look at the TDS people here in the States, there's so yeah. much animosity coming from these people that have zero facts and are just emotionally driven and they're pouring it all into the internet. I could totally see that. The TDS thing is remarkable. It's like, that's almost like a script in itself. It's like, yeah. you know, I talk to people here in Ireland even, I say like, oh, I can't, Trump's an idiot. How is he an idiot when he's <laughs> built up this massive empire and he goes to bed with a supermodel every night? Oh, he's an idiot. You know, uh, he's a racist. Can you give me one specific instant of why he's a racist? He's a racist. He's a racist. <laughs> but can you give me one specific incident? It's the most remarkable thing. It's the re- most remarkable thing. They're literally running a script. And it's almost the script is designed to make them angry. And where does that anger go into? The same entity in the internet. Yeah. Yep. That is a fascinating concept. And a, a gigantic emotional sponge. Well, it's it's networking now as we start seeing how everything is connecting. So with like the clothing, with the new bands sewn in, and some of the fibers actually woven into the fabric that are electromagnetic and frequency friendly, yeah. uh, the light bulbs the appliances so we're swimming in it everywhere and and this this and i'm 100 percent with you on this and that it is an entity and it i think it is sentient personally however it got to be that way wherever it happened i think it's definitely aware and uh growing well just like human beings develop technology there was a time we didn't have technology the other side will have technology as well and they will use it. I mean, they always, you know, like if you, if you, it, in Ireland, fairy folklore is indistinguishable, indistinguishable from demonology. 
the, this is the thing that you know people think oh the in Ireland the fairies and all this. Our grandparents were absolutely terrified of the fairies. They were they were equatable to demons. It's only that since Disney and nonsense like that came along, that fairies were like kind of considered cute and sweet and friendly. Uh, they lived in terror of them. Uh, they were considered extremely dangerous. And people would always describe them as being very malicious towards human beings because human beings were smarter and creative than they weren't. And they, they, I mean, human beings always seem to have things better than them. And it was a jealousy directed towards humans. And then this whole thing of tricking them out of it, deceiving them out of the, the deceiving the human. And this is uh, the same thing as demonology. I mean, the, you know, you never believe anything these things tell you. They'll tell you anything you want to hear in order to get you, to trap you. And it's the same thing with all this stuff. It's the same, it's the same force. It doesn't have to have those names anymore but it, it transforms itself into a different thing. It moves, it may have used religion for centuries, it may have even used science, but now it's using the internet, but it's the same force that seems to have this malevolent vibe towards human beings, this, and it's designed to turn them against each other in order to harvest the emotional energy. Do you think there is some sort of overlap now with whatever those are? And as we were talking about how the bio suits we're in are, are just that, you know, they're suits to get us around their cars with those entities. We've seen this with the changeling thing and all that. And now if we, we hold into this, this narrative, the idea with the AI and everything being connected, uh, the sentience of the internet with the idea of demon, fairy, whatever you want, housing themselves in organic matter. Yeah, I think that's a challenge that we haven't even begun to even look at. And, I, and you look at things like uh, writers like Arthur C. Clarke and even going far as back as Lovecraft, they were even talking about this stuff. In fact, it, uh, one of the reasons <clears throat> why <clears throat> Crowley was so angry at, at Jack Parsons and Elron Hubbard for doing the Babylon working was because they were basically taking, taking a fictional concept and trying to turn it into a magical working. And what the effect was that it wasn't, it, it, they didn't have the parameters set up how, in case something went wrong. And I do believe there's, there's, there's a huge story to be told in that particular, that particular experience that went on in California and the back and forth between them and Crowley. But there's, when you're dealing with these things in the magical world, you have a system of parameters. You have very specific demarcation lines between different states of consciousness, awareness, whatever. You have the magic circle. You're in the magic circle and you're doing your workings and what happens outside the magic circle cannot, inter cannot affect you because you literally have a barrier around you. It is a firewall. We now live in an age where people are constantly involved in these kind of functions through the internet where there's absolutely no firewall. There's no, there's no demarcation. And I believe the same for our leaders. And I think some people naturally have an ability and maybe have even studied the occult to actually resist it. And I believe Trump is one of them. I've seen enough of them that they, enough of his behavior to know that he is some kind of clued in on all this stuff at some level. 
I don't know whether he was thoughted or instinctually there, but I think that the fact is that he has a firewall that so that, that the rest of the, the establishment don't, and this is why they hate him, is because he can still maintain his own independent cognitive elements. I mean, let the, the corona thing happened right after he went to the World Economic Forum and told them the United States would not be part of this great global reset. It happened literally the next day. You know, uh, and this is a, this is this is where the Trump derangement syndrome and all this stuff comes from. I'm not saying he's a savior. I'm not saying he's the most amazing person. I just think that he instinctually has this firewall in him that the rest of them don't, and it terrifies them for that reason, and also makes him dangerous to the rest of them. But because in the past, like, and, and, and before to do this, before Trump got elected, I saw TV interviews with George Bush Jr. And he looked better than when he was president. He, he looked amazing. He looked like a young, healthy a guy. In his, he looked like he was in his early 50s. In the, la I still the most recent videos I've seen of George Bush Sr. Jr., he looks like debt. He looks like he's aged 30 or 40 years in the last two yeah. years. Yeah. There's something funny going on there. While Trump seems to be getting younger looking, there is like, I would love to see what all the neocons of the old days looked like. I'd love to see what Condoleezza Rice looks like now. I bet she's a decrepit old uh, haggard woman. I bet the rest of them, look, even Obama looks dreadful. Uh, he's, doesn't, he's lost that sort of like, uh, that zest, that kind of, what's the word, that kind of bounce he had. He, he looks awful. And they all look like that. And these people have, at some level, have made a deal with this power force and it almost keeps them alive and it keeps them young but now it's been switched off and I, I was shocked by the most recent videos of George Bush Jr. He's aged so badly and he's sitting there talking about how dangerous Trump is. I mean this genocidal maniac saying that I mean this is these people these, these people are terrified of him for a reason and I'm not saying because he's a savior or he's amazing or he's, a, he's our hero or something like that. I'm saying that there's something about him that he has that they're terrified of and they don't have it. Yeah, I'm noticing, I've been talking about this a lot. I'm noticing it. I've got, I've got a whole little narrative around it. It's to me, it's so obvious. Like when something becomes, when you become aware of something, it becomes obvious. It's, it's everywhere and you notice it. And yet I, I experience people that are not able to cognize these differences. You can show them photos. You can, you, you can walk them to the water, right? It's, it's obvious. And there is something going on there. There's something bigger happening. There's a trans, trans, I don't know. There's a metamorphosis going on yeah. or, degenerative something they, they pour that these feelings these 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 things manifest in the collective unconscious without actually being verbalized in a direct manner now for instance i can tell you all this trouble that you see in america where you see the fellas you know like what happens in 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 wisconsin with that kid shooting those those antifa types and all this type and all these people brandishing guns and going around what that's really all these like people who would be like conservative types walking around with heavy heavy automatic weapons 
they're, they're, they're talking, they call themselves patriots and stuff like that and so on. And this is like happening during, during Trump's presidency. I think what they're really saying is, is they're sending out a subconscious message that don't you fucking dare do a Kennedy this time. It's almost like that. It's like, you know, you got away with it when you shot Kennedy. You won't get away with it now. It's almost like, but without being verbalized or even being cognitively thought, that's the sensation I almost get from these people. It's like they're there to make the, 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 the neocons and the dark deep state know that if anything happens to Trump, it will not be like 1962 or whenever he was, 63, whenever he was shot. There won't be a sense of shock. We're going to come looking for you. And it's that's that I, I feel that I, I, I can't explain it, but it's almost like they are instinctually showing themselves to say to, to these like these these globalists behind the screens. It, you won't you won't get away with it. If you try and shoot Trump, you won't get away with it this time. And I think that's one of the reasons they hate him so much. The media is because they would love nothing more than to do a JFK on him. They would love nothing more than that. But they can't because people are different now. And enough that people, there's a subconscious, this is why they portray them as Nazis and right-wingers and they're constantly putting them down. But they're not really. You see lots of black people in those groups as well. They're just almost like bodyguards. They're almost like the people are there to say, you know, we're they're like bouncers at a club or something. You're not going to get, you're not going to do it this time. And so they do it in different ways with this Corona thing. This is, I honestly believe it's that's a lot of that has to do with sabotaging Trump. A lot of it has wrecking his economic success, attempting to wreck his presidency. And if you don't believe that, we're talking about a media who's now shutting down the stuff about Joe Biden's son, you know, this stuff. So this is the lengths they will go to. I got a 30 day ban from Facebook for sharing a Trump tweet that I thought was funny. I shared a tweet by the elected president of the United States and, and Facebook hit me with a 30 day ban. And then people have to have the nerve to say there's no conspiracy against them. It's, it's, it's a blatant conspiracy against them. And I want to know why it's because he has something that the globalist and the deep state power fear greatly. And I think all these people on the streets, whatever they call themselves, the militias or the cowboy, proud boys, or whatever one they call themselves, they're part of that same process. They're, they're, they're constantly, they're driving them insane by showing them that we're, there's a sizable proportion of us who are not stupid. You know, and this is, you know, the Antifa thing. It's been shown out that a lot of these Antifa types, they're not actually political activists. A lot of them are criminals and stuff like that who've been given, you know, orders and have been paid to do it. You know, this kind like the man who was shot by that kid in there uh, with the skateboard, he, he was a convicted pedophile with several, uh, you know, so he was never going to work again or have a life again. So this is who the kind of people that were bringing into Antifa. This is what they're bringing into it uh, for this reason. And these are, this is how dark they are. This is how dark it is. And they're just causing as much chaos as they can to disrupt Trump's presidency. And, um, uh, because they can't shoot them anymore. They can't, the days of, you know, the, you know, Dealey Plaza are over because it's, it would be too obvious if they did it, that they, and who, and who did it as well. Yeah. And there's, everyone's got cameras on, and there's, there's cameras everywhere and everyone's got one in their pocket. It'd be just, and uh, also we, we know about skull and bone, like nobody knew about Yale and things like that. There'd be right. these, these, these Ivy league 
fraternities would be the first places to, but that they, they'd be going into automatic weapons to find them you know this kind of thing like you, you know we they, they made a mistake the internet became a double-edged sword for them as much as they could use it to control us they also gave it also allowed us to give information out that they never thought we'd ever find out or they thought we have no interest in right Cool. It's like when they call when someone's called someone a, a oh you're a conspiracy theory or a thin the tinfoil hat your tinfoil hat just fell off. Yeah. It's like is that the best you can do? Really? Is that is that the best you can do to, to, as a rebuttal? And it's like it's it's like the most uncoolest thing you could do now is call someone a conspiracy theorist. It's it's one it's, of the it's, it's, it's uncool. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed recently too is uh, okay, your example is so perfect. Like, give me an example. Hard examples don't seem to happen anymore. I wanted to flip this and say, I cannot believe I'm an utter, I know it's all theater ritual. You know, I know it's all, it's all theatrical. It's all optics. It's all ritual theater. However, it just amazes me. It's gotten down to the point where you could put someone up like Joe Biden who is clearly suffering from dementia, right? I mean, there's a million examples of, and I'm not looking at any of his politics. I'm just looking at this as a man in the world that is struggling with his cognitive ability. So we can take him out of the political uh, paradigm and just look at him as he is. He is in dementia of some sort. And and we could woo that out with entity possession and all this stuff. Yeah. However, the point is, you throw him up there who cannot put a sentence together, yeah. not a straight sentence, and then all of a sudden he becomes the the player. What yeah, but that, in the yeah, hell? But the thing is that Joe Biden isn't running against Donald Trump in twenty twenty. It's Kamala, yeah. Yeah, Hil Hillary Clinton is. I, well, that, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's just he's just the name on the tin. Yeah. The con the contents is, is, is Hillary Clinton and the neocons. Well, that's, we know we know this, Sheridan. Yeah, but it's, it, it if, doesn't matter if he you know he could be a vegetable. She'll be she'll she'll be pulling all the shots in there. Right, but we know this. But talking to people, I think that are reasonable is what I'm saying. That I have thought are reasonable that are voting for Biden because they're voting for Biden because they don't, you know, they think this other narrative is conspiratorial that would be Clinton or it's really a Biden to get. People Kamala. are only voting for Biden because it's not Trump. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then if you try to get to a reasonable sense of this man is clearly in mental decline, then they just deflect that over to this craziness with all this weird stuff about trump it, it like you i have personally tried to get to seeds of fact with it and reasonable uh ex explanations and they're just not holding up they're not even there well it's like the COVID thing in here in europe you say well sweden didn't have a lockdown they went with the herd immunity thing and they they dealt and it's been okay it worked it was a regular seasonal virus in terms of the deaths and everything you cannot explain it to them. It's like our governments would not go to all this trouble and put us through all this shit if Sweden was right. This is literally their attitude. And uh, it's almost like 
they'd, at this point they'd wish that the country of Sweden didn't exist. It's because you, you cannot say, look, if your government and your experts, quote unquote, were telling you the truth, right now the population of Sweden shouldn't exist. They should all be dead, most of them. Or like at least half of them should be dead from COVID-19. Their death rate is about the same as everywhere else in Europe. So their, their, their strategy of herd immunity worked. You, it, it's, it's like talking to a brick wall. They cannot, they cannot go there yeah. because they, they, they want to believe that they're always on the, on, the, on the winning team. They always want to believe they're on the side of right and their politicians who lie to them. This was another amazing thing about This is why it's all like witchcraft and magic and everything. <clears throat> the same people will say to me that, that uh, you know, here and on, them fuckers in the government up in Dublin, uh, they lie about everything. They're all a bunch of fucking scumbag fucking liars i fucking hate them what about covid19 oh tell the truth about that <laughs> right 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 where again. the hell did that come from <laughs> oh no tell the truth about that so they're lying about everything else you hate them you're saying they're a bunch of gangsters you'd never trust them but they're t- oh they're telling the truth about that yeah <laughs> It's just I'm spinning my head. I've had I've had that conversation many times in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's it's all over, and it, it's like that the idea of that movie Idiocracy is a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of movies, I got a question from someone in the in the live chat. They wanted to know if you'd ever seen the the Irish film The Devil's Doorway, set in the Magdalene Asylums. Uh, no, I haven't seen it, but I know all about that. I, that. Oh, I do. Actually, I think I have seen bits of it. Yeah, I mean, that that stuff is all real. It really happened. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Cool. Jerry, will you send that to me? I'm not sure I have. What? The link to it, at least, or L- something. Link to what? The movie? Yeah. I, I Just will so I'll I look it up after it. the show. I don't know anything the, the, about it. The Catholic Church had a system in Ireland called the Magdalene Laundries that stopped about the late 60s. The last woman's entered into it, 69 or something. What it basically was, was any woman who was intelligent, flirtatious, sexy, uh, would be declared a danger uh, because she was basically declared dangerous to herself. And so people, the, the Catholic Church used to get free labor by telling parents, oh, your daughter, you know, she's very flirty. She might have sex with guys. Maybe she put her in the laundry for a few years to keep her safe as a form of birth control. But what they really did there was that they were being raped by priests and nuns, and they were also using them for free labor. This is the one of the things, it was exploitation, it was slavery. And they used to wash laundry. Like, for instance, if you, like what, you know, they, they, the Catholic Church, because they weren't paying these women, could undercut all the laundry for everybody, the hotels and everything, all the big laundry contracts, and put the laundry, big laundry companies out of business by basically stealing young girls away from their uh, their families. And it was like, yeah, that's what the Catholic Church, that's what the Catholic Church does. It does things like that. But at the same time, too, under the, the guise of keeping them moral and safe, the, the priest and the even though the other nuns are raping them. And it really happened. It, it it was it was even worse than what that movie showed. It sounds a little bit like Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah, but it was just done in the guise of like religious and piety, 
And uh, like a lot of these women escaped and stuff like that, but some of them were, were psychologically destroyed. They spent the rest of their lives in those places. It's terrible. And yeah, terrible realities. Great. I'm out of questions here. Wanted to thank you, Thomas, for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure talking to you again. Yeah, no, it's great. I always enjoyed that. I, you know, it's, uh, it's four o'clock in the morning here and I'm still wide awake. So you did a good job <laughs> keeping keep, keep me interested. <laughs> well, I'm love bombing you right now. I just adore you for real. And it's, I'm not trying to work you or get yeah. anything out of it. But the way, the way you call me by my second name, I feel like a school teacher disciplined me or something. <laughs> Sheridan, I always do that because you know I'm so conscious. You always talk about love bombing, and I'm the queen of hearts, so I give people hearts, but I'm not trying to get anything from them. So I'm, I'm always like, I don't want to get in the love bomb section with Thomas Sheridan. I thought you were just being a dick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's respect. It's okay. respect. Okay. I just cut out the Mister part and just went to Sheridan. Okay, so I'll take that. Do you have any <laughs> anything you'd like to uh, to plug, Thomas? Or yeah, go for it. I'm uh, this Friday night, eight p.m. Irish time, which would be seven hours back in the East Coast, you whatever around the world. It's five five hours. Five hours wherever you are. Yeah, where you are. If you go to uh, magicalegypt.com. I'm doing a workshop on magic and sigil making and, and modern folk magic, bringing folk magic into the 21st century. And uh, these are live events. They're, we did one on the tarot a few months ago. It was a huge success. And they're great fun. And they're, uh, they're like a, a lecture meets presentation. And they're done live. And everyone seems to enjoy them very much. And uh, we have a great time. And that's on, if you go to magicalegypt.com, there's a suggestion, a suggested $10, 10 euro fee. We don't have to give anything. It's up to you. And that just helps to pay for my time and stuff like that. And uh, that's on Friday night in this part of the world. It'll be Friday daytime in your part of the world. But if you go to magicalegypt.com, there's more information on that. Uh, I'm working on a film about uh, uh, called Who Stole the All Father? And it's about how I'm now quite convinced that the, the story of Odin was dovetailed into the story of Jesus Christ in order to uh, basically make Christianity work in Northern and Western Europe. It couldn't have worked otherwise. So they had to paganize or Odinize or Wotanize Christianity. And that should be out in a week or two. I've gone to England and a few other places in Germany and got some fantastic footage of like some ancient uh, churches and ancient high crosses and stuff like that anglo-saxon art and that kind of thing and it's got it's i'm really enjoying that one and uh, then the next thing after that is i'm going to be making a film about jack parsons and sometime next year getting over to <clears throat> to to california and, and working on that to get that done and uh, that's basically yeah i'm made, i'm just mad for filming at the moment i'm just mad for making films and understanding film and learning about it and uh, and and as usual, the the Rona Chronicles, uh, the <laughs> our, our voyage thing, and and that's basically it. And uh, I uh, keep myself out of trouble. Uh, and you know, that's I'd love to go see bands again. That's what I really miss. 
Yeah. I miss yeah. seeing bands. And uh, <clears throat> I miss playing I miss playing music with my friends. We can't do it on anything like that. And that's what that's what's really upsetting me, like little things like that. But we will survive, we will be all fine, and we'll get through this shite and to the other side. But right now it, it's um uh, it's a challenging time, but I say to everybody, you know, get creative because if if this if if this if this really is a wobble in the matrix that's being caused by all this this interface with the the quantum computing and all this kind of stuff, well, the best thing for that is to just forge ahead with your creativity, no matter what it is, anything, because if if we're not building the universe going forward, they'll build it for us. And the best antidote for that is for us to build the universe for ourselves in our own lives. And I think that's basically what, I, what I'm really interested in doing now is trying to push that idea out now that, you know, get the life you want. So some main quant, quantum mainframe doesn't give it to you because look around you and see all these people terrified by the COVID, all these people with TDS, because that's the alternative. And, you know, that's the alternative waiting for you if you don't light a fire under your own ass and start getting out there and, and, and creating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent advice. And I put links to Magical Egypt and your talk this, this week in the show notes and in the description of the video. So everyone should be able to find that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, okay, guys, I, I'm, I'm off the bed now. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Yeah. And see you again. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And be sure to come in next week. We have uh, Preston Dennett on Knox Mente. So excellent. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Nish. It's been a wonderful <laughs> evening. This was very fun. And thank you to everyone out there in Chatland. I'm sure it was busy because it's Thomas Sheridan. It was. We had like 65 people. Oh my God. That's going to be a record. I don't know. I don't really keep track of it. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? Well, that's excellent. Good. And remember, it's Gatorade season. That's right. Mercury Gatorade started today. <laughs> Fuck you, Mercury. We've been in the shadow, though, as Joni Patriot, yeah. you know, it's it's going to jump back and forth. That hair. So. Oh, my gosh. I love her. <laughs> I know. You and Suzanne. Yeah. Well, she's spot on. She's always spot on. Her and LeVette. Can't deal with LeVette. Anyway, that's all from us, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs>